everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Everyone. Hello. Hey. Hi. Thank you for joining us today for episode 123 of Hop Culture. Today, our topic was inspired by something that's been showing up on our Instagram and Facebook feeds lately pictures of friends in Alaska fishing. It's that magical time of year that Alaskans live for, and frankly, we're feeling a little nostalgic and homesick. Yeah, anyone who, um, I mean, I think this is a common feeling anywhere that it's cold and dark much of the year. I think Minnesota feels similar. I would imagine New England does. But Alaska truly lives, you suffer through the winter for the summer months. And it really Mm -hmm. is like quite magical in the summer. So I am feeling a little uh, jealous right now of my Alaskan friends. Mm-hmm. The more the more I live a life that isn't connected to Alaska anymore, the the more I grow confident in my plan, which is to get a cabin in Alaska and just live there the entire summer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and spring and fall, and just basically be a snowbird in the winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's just, I I mean, it's just so great. Yeah, it really is. It is. I think this episode is us clinging to our uh, status as Alaskans because now that our parents have moved, we we have Mm -hmm. no, we have no like claim on it. Thrown us into limbo. It has shaken us a little. Is gone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. frustrating knowing that we were all born and raised there, and now we have like no claim to it. Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. We, I have friends who had, have lived there or have like connections there who I've seen wear like cute Alaskan brands and I don't begrudge it, but I'm like, I'm sorry, what's this? I, when I lived there, all we had were the Alaska grown shirts, which we'll mention later in the episode. And we wore the heck out of those because it's all we had. (laughs) I don't know these cool companies, you know, like, yeah. There were no trendy, cute, extra toughs. There were just we're the brown left ones. Behind. Yeah, we're getting left behind. Exactly. And we're we clinging. Are. We're clinging to um, whatever shred of, you know, Alaskan identity we have at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about how our family ended up in Alaska. I so, <laughs> The story that I always knew was that Mom and dad met in college and dated. Mom was from Alaska. Like, she grew up there since she was little. And dad was from Wyoming. But he went to visit and he loved it. And so they moved there. And that story is pretty much true. But there's some details surfaced today when we're asking Mm -hmm. them that I found a little surprising. (laughs) The only thing about this story. Okay, so he drove to Alaska. He drove his car from like Wyoming probably. Mm-hmm. And I remember <laughs> I think he said partway through it was raining and like the rain was coming into the car. Mm-hmm. And so he well, like, it put broke a piece down. of cardboard. Didn't it break down like three hours from his house or something? <laughs> yeah. like, it broke and down kept very early in his trip. <laughs> and, then, 
managed to get it fixed. I'm not sure why he drove. Does anyone, was he just, was that sort of something he'd always wanted to do? I think he was going to be there for a couple weeks. So maybe, so he had his own car. I don't know. That's a good question. It's weird when you're dating someone. You would need your own car. College age guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back then, also, I think when you grow up in the West, like you're just used to like driving long distances. I mean, maybe it just didn't even dawn on him to fly, you know? I don't know. That sounds so scary, though, back in the mm-hmm. 80s. Was it the 80s? Yeah. yeah, the 80s. He did all that. They weren't even engaged yet. And they're. He had they're proposed all already, and she had multiple said times, no. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine making that drive for someone who had turned down. My proposals. I mean, I don't think it was like a straight up like, no, I think it was sort of a wishy-washy like later, later, you know, I think she was kind of more like putting him off sort of. That has been always been my impression, but also we don't even know. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) So once they were there, (laughs) this is the part that I didn't know. So he proposed to her and I, I knew because I asked them one time. I was like, what was your proposal story like? And dad was like, well, we were in the car and I just asked her to marry me. And I was like, oh, that's not, that's not very good. <laughs> um, and that was true. But the part that blew my mind was that he didn't want to call his parents to announce that they were engaged because he didn't like talking on the phone. And so he sent them, I don't, is it a tele- telegram? It's a telegram. telegram. He sent them a telegram. And I think they still, grandma and grandpa still had it, or dad might have it in his possession now. I think I've seen the telegram. What? I think, yeah, I think it still exists. I think it's I, like. I just. I didn't, I didn't think you know could that telegrams were around in the 80s. Into still. the 80s? They were, I think, on their way out. It would be probably akin to like sending like a fax now or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the technology exists, but like no one uses I mean, yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> oh. But yeah, dad decided he loved it up there, he said, and mom had gotten accepted to the University of Washington to do um, a master's degree in math, but she was feeling like she wanted to teach instead. So they kind of decided to like, well, we'll try our luck. They both graduated from college by this point. It was like right after they graduated. And so they're like, well, we'll try our luck here. They both got jobs in Alaska pretty quickly. And so ended up staying. So that's how our family ended up up there, which I feel like is a little, I don't know if unconventional, but like a lot of people we know ended up there because of the military or working for an oil company or um, their parents were dentists and came up because like Alaska was always trying to recruit like doctors and dentists. Like I just felt like our family didn't have like the typical origin story kind of of like mm-hmm. how you ended up up there, especially the city we grew up in had like a lot of military. Um, so people are always very surprised when they find out I'm from Alaska and they ask like what my dad did. And I say advertising. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? It was a lot of like engineers or like, yeah, people working for like oil companies or, you know, infrastructure. <laughs> like, yeah, his job was kind of unconventional, especially for Alaska. Um, but we thought that we would put together um, 
since we're, you know, we're trying to stake our claim here as the sourdoughs of old, as true Alaskans. Um, and we hope you guys know this is all very tongue in cheek. Like we're, we're not, <laughs> we're, we're probably annoying, uh, our Alaskan friends with this because if everyone you're still in Alaska. Exactly. You're doing better than we are. Don't so exactly. We're happy, um, we're happy for you. We're jealous. That's why we're doing this. But we thought it would be fun to put together a little survival guide for life in Alaska. Because as much as we're, you know, this time of year, it's all rosy. We know, you know, there's some hardship up there too. It's called the last frontier for a reason. So we're going to give our best tips and tricks for making the best of the, you know, the rugged terrain. Um, so we've kind of divided it into a few broad categories. Yeah. Um, so the first category is probably the one that people think of first when they think about Alaska, which is the weather. So how do you guys recommend coping with the cold, the lack of sun, the drastic change between light and dark but that happens between summer and winter? Well... When I was in high school, tanning was a huge thing, um, like in tanning beds. because And people felt like, this is good for me because I'm getting some vitamin D. We never see the sun in the winter. Yeah, it was like medicinal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like, <laughs> I know this is like bad for me, but it's also like good for me. It was such a huge thing. It was and such a thing. I don't know if it's like still a thing there. Because I don't yeah. think it's a thing like a lot of other places anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I would be curious to know too. Thing by the time I was in high school, I didn't know anyone who went to tanning salons. Oh, really? It was such a thing. I mean, definitely through Anne's years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, tanning Sensation. was a big way people coped. Uh, can't say we endorsed that, but it, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then I would say. That as far as summertime, get used to because no one has air conditioning because it's not usually hot enough. But there's usually like one or two weeks during the summer where it is a little like a bit uncomfortably warm in the house, you know. And so you usually just have like all your windows and doors open. And so I would say get used to birds flying through the house or learn some like (laughs) trapping, you know, strategies because there will be birds. Like that was like (laughs) – I've never had a bird in my house ever since. But I have memories in our house with birds. Grandma and grandpa had birds in their house. Dad's office got birds like multiple times while we worked there. Three of us have screen doors. That, yeah, that's well, a good point. Stalls. Yeah, storm doors really aren't a thing there. I don't know if it's because there's like, not really like aggressive bugs, except mosquitoes. Yeah, which are horrible. But you can't really keep mosquitoes. Your out storm of your house. door would probably freeze because they even freeze sometimes here in the winter. And so I think like they would get, just get frozen shut like so quickly in Alaska. That's probably why people don't have them. And yeah, the bugs aren't really. That is one pro is we didn't have intense bugs, but. Yeah, there really weren't screens to speak of. And so dad would always take a jacket and like kind of, you know, try to trap the bird (laughs) in the coat. And like he was always like very kind to the birds. He Mm -hmm. didn't want to harm them. Um, Do you remember, Anne, was it you that was up in Alaska still? (laughs) So the the last time I went to visit was summer of 2020. And me and Anne and my mom were the only adults because the men had all had to leave like – 
for various reasons, work and such. Combo. It was a bad combo, yeah, for a, a bird emergency. But a bird flew in mom and dad's house, and I did I take a video? We've got to find that video. There's a video of us trying to there drop is a video. It somewhere, and it was so chaotic. <laughs> I was feeling really brave until I got like really up close to the bird. Mm-hmm. For someone who claims to love birds, Anne did not come through in that moment. It's hard when they're being scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like- Which is all the time. They're totally different up close. Yeah. Do That's, I want yeah. to touch a wild bird? No. You no, don't. No. <laughs> maybe, but probably not. Maybe. <laughs> what do you mean maybe? <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about it and I kind of do, but <laughs> but I would probably chicken out if I had the chance. So- <laughs> Okay, let's transition to talking about safety. People think of, I think a lot of people think of wildlife first when they think of Alaska. And that's definitely something to keep in mind. So how would you guys recommend staying safe around bears and moose? I love that we're giving laughing. We're giving safety tips. You guys, these are jokes. I don't know about you guys, but I still am kind of like afraid of wild animals, like when I'm out in the woods here in suburban Cleveland. Do you feel like that, Grace? When we went on that hike the other day, were you kind of looking over your shoulder? No, but I get paralyzed with fear when I see like deer on Mm -hmm. like near a trail. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're probably as – I know they're not as dangerous as moose, obviously, but I think a deer (laughs) could charge you. It Is could. I mean, I'm sure it could, but like, I've never heard of it happening. <laughs> if I have to like bike past one, my heart will be going mm-hmm. so fast because I'm used to like, you know, a moose that like will kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really, really scared of moose as a kid. Like I had this saying, I think I've shared it on here before. Um, I would refer to it as the sour wind of a moose. I, <laughs> I felt I could sense them. <laughs> Like, I, cause I think one time as a kid, I was playing outside and I, I had this feeling like, I think there's a moose. And like, I looked up and there was one like down the street. So I took that as like, I can sense their presence. Um, sour wind. Was it a smell? It's just a smell in the air. Yeah. I think that's a great question. I took it as like a literal smell, but I, I think it was more just a vibe, you know, um, an aura. There'd be so much better language for it now than we had, you know, in the 90s. But yeah, it was just a feeling that a moose was near. And yeah, I was I was very scared of moose. And then I never met someone more paranoid about wild animals. Yeah, it was a bad place for me personally, (laughs) um, due to the wildlife, because I was really, (laughs) really scared of bears and moose. But I was well founded because like we had I ran in my famous story is I ran into a bear at Achievement Days as a young girl. And I was the one that said, oh, Bear. <laughs> I was the one that saw it first, of course. <laughs> and then I also, though, was equally afraid of the bear spray because <laughs> mom and dad like scared us about, you know, if you discharge this, it would kill you, basically. And which is not actually true. <laughs> But I thought it <laughs> I thought it really would like be so horrible. And it would I mean I'm sure it would be awful. Um bear spray is basically just like pepper spray, right? 
I thought bear spray was worse than pepper spray. It, it might be. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it oh, okay. I thought it just like was pepper spray. Uh, it probably is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Worse. I wasn't sure if that was like real or if that was, yeah, just childhood like fear. Lore. And do you remember when we were with friends and we were going to go on a hike and there was a moose like in the middle of mm-hmm. the path and no one would turn around? Yeah. And this, they made I, us like go around. I'm like, you. it was so, so I was dumb. just thinking about, I hated my youth. Not really. <laughs> I actually loved my youth, but I just think about all the things that I had to do that I hated, like <laughs> dangerous encounters with bears and moose and no one cared. And playing paintball and just like doing these things in the name of being social that I absolutely detested. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so glad that just I'm not a, a teenager of, yeah. anymore. <laughs> I'm, that is character building though. That's a, that's a yeah. part of all adolescence, but I think you bring up a good point, Anne, that it's, it's almost worse in Alaska because uh, you just send like a a group of a gaggle of teens mm-hmm. into the Alaskan wilderness on a yeah. hike and things like that, <laughs> yeah. where they just peer pressure, but yeah. it's not peer pressure to try a substance or something. It's it's peer pressure to have an encounter with a a deadly animal. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like I can remember a number of times hiking with like dumb teenage boys that would be like hey let's let's take a picture of this moose and it's just like um i'm sorry <laughs> no like but i have no choice because i don't want to be the lone straggler mm-hmm. that's that a bit stays more dangerous. back and then i get trampled so, exactly yeah well and before we move on from wildlife i just want to mention that uh you also have to be on the watch for marmots and porcupines uh what do marmots do the big ones but (laughs) this is new information to me (laughs) i've never seen a marmot (laughs) i was gonna mention the mudflats because those also terrified me so i don't i'm sure there's mudflats other places but around anchorage um like the turnigan arm there are these huge mudflats and there's all of these stories about people walking out on them because when the tide's out, it's like, I don't know how long, but it seems like it's like a mile long. I mean, there's, there's, they go on forever. And so there's, it looks like, oh, it's like this hard surface you could walk on. But then when the tide starts coming, the thing is, is they're deceptive because you start to sink in them and you, you can't get out. And then the tide starts coming in, you can drown. And so you hear all of these awful folk tales about, I'll spare the gore, but you know, horrible things happening to people as their people are trying to get them out of the mudflats. So I was always terrified of mudflats. Mud of any kind really scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, drowning was always like a big thing too, because Alaska actually has the highest rate of, we had a lot of near drownings. Like Grace almost drowned several times. Claire's kids this summer were asking me, they, they kept being like, Tell us another time you almost drowned. And I would tell them one. And then and then they'd be like, do you have any more drowning stories? And I was oh like, God. as a matter of fact, I do. I do. <laughs> Unlike most people, I do have multiple. I have multiple drowning stories. <laughs> I would say be careful of head injuries when you wear dance clothes on ice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. I'm going to transition now to food. Food is, you know, 
a very important part of any culture. So what do people need to know about Alaskan cuisine? You got to like fish. You got to like fish. There's mm-hmm. no other choice. Not only are you going to be presented a lot of fish to eat, but it's going to you're just going to be so weird if you don't like fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you not like fish? Like fresh Alaska salmon. Yeah. I, I'm always I, positive that people just haven't had good fish if they yeah. don't yeah. like fish. And people are also going to be like super snobby about salmon in Alaska. That's true. Like, mm-hmm. like pink salmon that tastes perfectly good. They're going to be like, ugh, disgusting. Yeah. I remember dad <laughs> telling me the different ty- – was there like some kind of acronym or something for like the different types of salmon? I can't um, remember. Possibly? But I remember pink and him him, him being like, oh, pinks, bleh, don't even bother. Like, you know, like yeah. kind of basically saying it's like garbage. And now I'm like <laughs> – It's totally good. <laughs> it's totally good. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fresh caught – Alaska pink salmon would be mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah. Yeah. There is snobbery about like the different types of salmon and um and then I mean not even just fish, but like, you know, there's king crab. And so yeah, seafood is absolutely like a huge part of things up there. Um and yeah, it's just gonna be a thing where like if you go to, you know, a ward party, there's gonna be fish. Like it's just part of the culture. People give it to their neighbors because they have too much if they catch a bunch, you know. And then uh, reindeer sausage is like a pretty normal thing to eat too, which didn't dawn on me as weird until later. But there are like little hot dog carts around downtown Anchorage that sell reindeer hot dogs. And they're delicious. Absolutely Mm -hmm. delicious. Um, And then I would also say there's uh, a lot of random – so it's kind of hard to have a garden there. As Tess learned when her garden failed. It's not funny. <laughs> Just the story of it's her not, weeping. Guys. I'm still I'm still recovering. <laughs> it's really so tragic. Really. It was just so sweet. Um <laughs> yeah, she tried so hard. It's very hard to garden there. Mm-hmm. So there are really only like certain things that grow well up there. Raspberries, potatoes, uh, cabbage. Um, but rhubarb was one of the things that grew really well. And we always had rhubarb growing up, and rhubarb's not very good. <laughs> I just have to, I just have to, just. I mean, it's not really a confession because I think mom and dad know, always knew I hated it. But um, we had a lot of like rhubarb crisp, or people would make like so much rhubarb, so crisp. much rhubarb so crisp. Much I'm rhubarb actually anti crisp to this day because, Me too. and I actually, it's like, it's good. If I tried it now, I think I would love it. Yeah. I would like it now. It was so much crisp. We would have it like every other Sunday. Mm-hmm. And everyone would be like, oh, rhubarb crisp. And I'm like, yeah. Get it like, out of my face. Oh, the crisp. And it's like, <laughs> the crisp. Because you think you're getting dessert. You're like, you know, it's Sunday. There's going to be a dessert. And then out comes the crisp. And it's just so disappointing. It's just so sour. It's such yeah. a, it's just. I don't, the sour was the only thing about it that was okay for me. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just so much of it. Well, but I think now if I were growing my own rhubarb, I would be so proud that I would probably be like my famous rhubarb crisp. And I'd be and making make like strawberry rhubarb jam and stuff with it. Like I, I totally would. And I think it's really good for you. So I'm sure, Dad, you know. If you're listening, we appreciate all the desserts that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nothing us. personal. We love your crisp. I'd give anything nothing for personal. 
your rhubarb. I would, I would totally to eat it, it out of nostalgia. Really mm-hmm. We should make some out of like for nostalgia's sake. That would be fun. But I do feel like, you know, it's not all, you know, rhubarb and salmon. There is actually a surprising amount of like international cuisine in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is good food there. So um just if you go on a trip, go with an open mind because like Amazing Thai food, amazing Vietnamese food, really good Mexican food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alaskan fashion is its own beast. We've already mentioned that dressing for the weather isn't really fully expected, but there are some local customs that people should know about. Um, Well, we already mentioned the Alaska grown shirts. I don't know if those are still a thing. I would love uh, Alaskan friends on the ground to tell us if those are still. So Alaska grown was this initiative to buy like Alaska grown produce. And so there'd be this little Alaska grown emblem on things in the grocery store that were locally grown. But Somewhere along the way, they put it on a t-shirt, and so those t-shirts became really trendy. And so, like, and sweatshirts, but it's kind of funny. Even to this day, they're very homegrown. Like, I actually tried Googling it earlier, and there isn't – there's an Alaska-grown, like, little website, but it's a very, like, primitive site, and it basically just explains, like, that it's for local produce. They don't have the shirts for sale online. There's someone like Zazzle. And I'm like, okay, Zazzle, stop ripping off this yeah. like local <laughs> initiative. But you could buy them like at like what was that mill and feed place? Alaska Mill and Feed. Uh, yeah, Just Alaska. <laughs> I was trying to say Spinard Mill and Feed, but that was Spinard Builder Supply. Yeah, at Alaska Mill and Feed, you could buy them. Um, like you could, there yeah, were some just grocery. Stores. I think grocery stores had them. Yeah, they were very just like. They were like 10 bucks. They were not fancy, but like every, I mean, everyone had an Alaska yeah. shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish Multiple I still had one. And sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were huge. Yeah. But now it's become, there's all kinds of cute little boutiques. And that was after my time. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, we just had the Alaska grown shirts pretty much. I'm going to go out on a limb and, you know, stereotype people, which always ends well. But I feel like there's three general categories of like, you know, classic Alaska fashion. I would say there's the very like industrial or, um, you know, just utilitarian, which is probably the most authentic, like Carhartts, you know, extra tough boots, or just like warm snow boots, a big parka, like the just Mm -hmm. very – basic, but like this is like clothing I need for the weather, clothing that's like appropriate for being outside a lot. It's going to get dirty, but I'm also going to wear it, you know, on a date and like not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. So there's that kind of look, you know, you kind of think of like your typical like, you know, burly Alaska man with like a big beard, you know, wearing stuff like that. Then there's the very sporty, like REI, you know, your nice Patagonia coat, your mm-hmm. dance goes, your, you know, I'm sure now, I'm curious if Lululemon is popular up there. I'm not convinced that anyone is wearing dance goes. I know, I'm like, I'm like, dance goes. And that's not in the vibe of REI. Dance goes was like, dance goes was like, like nerds. No, you're actually right. It was like, it was. Not for adults, but like a teen, like, you. 
Exactly. Dance clothes were like adult shoes, like business casual. You're right. They yeah. were kind of business casual. But I'm thinking of like a – I am thinking though of like a lady, like a nice professional lady with her like high-end – coat and her dance shows. You know, that's what I'm thinking of. It's like, mm-hmm. you're right. I'll, I'll explain the dance codes. But like, there's the very sporty. Maybe like Sorrel's. Sorrel's. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't even know now. There's Merrill's. probably some other brand. Yeah, Merrill's. Oh, Merrill's. Merrill's. Those slip-on Merrill's that every dad had back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe a little more of a sporty vibe. REI, you know, that kind of thing. I've said REI like a thousand times, but you catch my drift. Typical of, I would say that's not unique to Alaska. I would say like a lot of parts of the country, that's trendy. And then there's also a little bit of a sort of a whimsical hippie nature's, you know, little nature fairy vibe there too. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so there's this SNL skit I came across and it's like, are you a woman of a certain age who is who wants to like send a message that like I'm fun and I I'm not ready, you know, I'm aging, but like I I want to be eco-friendly. And it was like, then you're perfect for adult, gray adult pigtails. <laughs> it says, it says, because I'm eco-friendly and a little funky too. And it's like perfect for whimsical women of a certain age. And it was like, goes perfectly with <laughs> it was like a child's tutu. Um, something, something. And it was like this bag and it's like this patchwork, like messenger bag. <laughs> like it's so, and again, that's, that's not so just true. an Alaska thing, but Alaska is an interesting mix of like people that like Tess said, want their privacy and like want to be left alone, want to hunt and fish. Or there's like, sort of like, yeah, I'm going to like sort frolic of like if, in the woods. Portland were like really pro gun. Yeah, that's a perfect way <laughs> yeah. to put it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right exactly. Portland. <laughs> right wing Portland. But the sort of the, the Girdwood Forest Fair. Like. I was oh, yeah. I was gonna that's say the gonna Girdwood say. Forest yeah. Fair. I didn't know that's if that was, what I was too niche. Say, Grace. Yeah. Yeah. There's this classic uh it's it's a forest fair. It's in this city called Girdwood. Girdwood is like <laughs> you don't I don't think you need to explain it. Forest if you say it. Forest fair, people know. Girdwood is the most Portland of any city in Alaska. And it's a tiny little town. It's really a ski – it's a ski town. But it's got like a very hippie population. And (laughs) everyone loves it, but it is very weird. But so many happy memories there, you Mm -hmm. know? Happy memories, disturbing memories. Disturbing. As we got older – as a child, it was whimsy. As we got older, it was more like troubling. Um, but I would say still good memories. Grace and I had these t-shirts made there as kids where they just took literally a dead fish and dipped it in paint and then they printed it on a white t-shirt and that was a shirt. It was so cool. (laughs) I loved that shirt. You loved them? Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun time. Nature is your playground in Alaska, but it isn't as simple as it sounds sometimes to strike out into the wilderness. You need to get a little creative to stay entertained. There was music in the park, which was a thing our family loved for some reason, <laughs> because there was varying musical uh, like acts that would come through. I'm not going to say for some reason, because I loved it. It was great. Well, sometimes the military band would play. Mm-hmm. They were really And they were I so good. The military band was popping. Yeah, they, they were Because they were like great. a cover band, basically. Like, they were really good at playing mm-hmm. and singing, and they would play, like, good music. Yeah. And- 
Yeah, the military really bands were like so good. Um, sometimes the people watching the was people watching was just, amazing. Yeah. You'd get some gray gray hair pigtail mm-hmm. ladies. That's mainly <laughs> who I was thinking of. Yeah. Do you guys? Can we talk about the roller skate lady? Yeah. There she was, would be glad to know that we remember. Yeah, her. she was like a local celebrity to us. There was this lady that would always be at Music in the Park, and she would wear. Did she wear roller skates every time, or just like sometimes? I think. Every time, every time. time. But she would be dancing. We we like loved her. I think. Did Grandpa go say hi to her? I feel like someone in our family like talked to her at one point too, because like we saw her all the time. So yeah, she was a celebrity. There are local celebrities you should know. Um, I'm trying to think of some. (laughs) I always bring up Scotty Gomez, (laughs) who was (laughs) a hometown hero. Not really, but he was like a hockey player. He was like the one hockey player who made it big um, in the lower 48. But uh, there was Barbara Brown, local writer. Do you guys remember her? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, She was a celebrity to us. I'm trying to think of some others. Alice something. Oh, Alice Alice? Welling. Mm -hmm. Alice Welling. (laughs) What about the superintendent? Oh, no. oh, Carol Como. Didn't she like give mom hives? Basically? She gave Aunt Kristen hives. Oh, Aunt I think. Kristen. I mean, I don't think you could say she we, gave we her hives. We blamed her. Yeah, she, <laughs> made, her she made her go outside in the so cold. cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. I don't know if we should like rat out. I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> Expose her. Tarnish yeah. her legacy. It's true. Um, but yeah, these are all so... And they're they're women. I mean, Alaska was a place where a woman could become a local celebrity. It really was, you know, it was a great place. Um, (laughs) Remember when I got included? I got included in a group message with what? I don't know this at all. Senator? (gasps) What? What? (laughs) I'm trying to remember what was the name. Oh, I'm so mad. I can't remember. Mark Begich, Lisa Murkowski, Don Young. No. Tess met Don Young, didn't you, Tess? I met Don Young two or three times. Because of your presidential medals? Yeah, he presented me with three medals. Did he remember you? (laughs) Like, after the first Um, couple times? Probably not. I think Mm -hmm. it was a thing where, like, his assistant would bring me into a room and then he would, like, quickly rush in and shake my hand and take a picture. So I don't think he knew who I was, but it was still exciting. I have to know who Anne was in a group of, yeah, message with. Of, <laughs> I didn't think so. Anne is looking for this. Oh, yeah. Uh, on kind of a similar note, but not related to our podcast. I recently found out that Delilah follows me on Instagram. You're <gasps> kidding. What? What? It's pretty exciting. I don't follow her. She doesn't <laughs> me. What? And she only what? follows like 1,300 people. But she has like a hundred thousand followers, and she's verified. Stand. Oh my word! It's Tess. It's that's so crazy. I know. I love Delilah. I can't believe she follows me. It's very. Did you guys know that exciting. the voice, the woman who was the voice of Siri, followed me on Twitter? No way. What? Yeah, and she was verified too. Wow, I remember that. Well, didn't um, didn't Pim Diffie follow Anne at one point? Yes. Oh, I forgot and about that. People have photos. famous followers. Well, Claire, you interacted with, um, what was that actress? Monica Potter. <laughs> Monica Potter. I forgot about that. 
I think we've all chased fame. Yeah, we've all chased fame. (laughs) Yeah, Monica Potter is a class act. She is delightful. And she's a local hero here in Cleveland. She's from Cleveland. I've mentioned that on the podcast before. (laughs) Monica Potter, if you don't know, uh, was on Parenthood. She was Christina on Parenthood. Let's get back on track. What are some other things people could do for entertainment if they don't want to go outside? I was going to suggest uh, Tidal Wave Books, which is a great used bookstore in Midtown. Wasn't it part of your Midtown Day, Tess? Yes. Yeah. If you if you want a fun uh, a fun thing to do in Anchorage, uh, you can go to REI. Stop at Tidal Wave Books and then go to Nusagaya and grab yourself some eggplant pate. Sounds like a great day. It was a great day. Oh, and uh, got to stop at the the Lusak Library. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lusak Library is great. My brain that I almost forgot the name, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you find it, Anne? Yeah, I did. Oh, my word. What is it? Um, Peter McKitchie. What? Never heard of him. It was a majority leader of the Alaska Senate. And I accidentally was in a group chat. Like a text group? (laughs) Yeah, a group text. What did it say? Like your number was like accidentally included? Yeah. (laughs) Was it like confidential information? Should you not read it on air? I'm sure it wasn't confidential. I wish I could find it, but... Yeah, it was. That's hilarious. So did you like say anything or you just laid low? No, no. But dad, dad loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> oh, I really thought people would have more to say in the entertainment section. I love that. That's my biggest problem with Alaska is <laughs> there's not a lot of entertainment. Yeah, there's not a lot to do other than outdoorsy stuff. We do get yeah. pretty good, um, like the Anchorage Symphony is pretty good. You know, like there's a performing arts center yeah. with like some pretty good performances. Um, that's how we got into Irish dance was I think Riverdance passed through in the late 90s and caught mom's heart. Um, <laughs> she encouraged us to do Irish dance. But yeah, it, there there are like, there is an art scene up there, but... Remember the – we've talked about the terrible version of the Christmas story, that local theater. That yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that mom took us to. So you strike out sometimes. It's not known for the nightlife. Yeah, the nightlife in Alaska I think is probably non-existent. I shudder to even think what that would be. But um, despite not having like some of the more traditional fun things to do, we loved growing up in Alaska and um, always talk about how much we miss it. Uh, so, yeah, let's just wrap up now with weekly wins. My weekly win is that I got a second chance when Taylor <laughs> Swift announced a second leg of her U.S. tour today. And I have registered to hopefully become a verified fan. Or am I verified? I don't know the I don't know the right words. I don't know. I don't have the language. Can someone help me? I registered, you registered to be. Become a verified fan? Because isn't it only a certain amount of verified ticket holders will get like a code, right? Mm. Isn't that how it works? 
I don't. Um, I don't need to know the nitty gritty. But if you get selected to be a verified fan, then you'll get a code. Okay. Well, I don't know if I don't think I've been selected. It said on August eighth, I'll get an email with next steps. So maybe then I'll, it'll tell me if I'm verified. All I know is I registered <laughs> some, somehow today. So we'll see what happens next. Um, but yeah, there's a show in Indianapolis, which is not far from here. So I'm. Uh, I have my act together this time and we'll see, we'll see what happens. So that was exciting. It was an unexpected twist in the morning and I'll show yeah, all of you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am just shocked that I'm, that if I, sh- if I end up going, you'll be shocked. Well, just that you care so much about this show. It's just FOMO and bitterness <laughs> is what it comes down to. Is it really? Oh, <laughs> I'm no. just kidding. No, I'm totally kidding. I just, it looks like an amazing show. And it's, I love being yeah. a part of something big. And so I think I just want mm-hmm. to like, I just want to be one of the people who went. So that yeah. it comes yeah. down to. I really, when I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe when my kids are older, I can tell them I I went to this. It's like being at yeah. Woodstock. It's so historic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope that you get to go. That's so exciting. Can you please admit that originally when asked if you wanted to go to the concert, you said <laughs> I admit. I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really a Swifty. I mean, people can listen to the podcast where I was like, I think people who care about her more than me should go. And like, I've changed my tune. <laughs> well, now there's so many chances. I'm like, okay, like, you know, a nobody like me can go. At this point, I think it's fair. So that's why, you know, I I will admit I got swept up in it and I have no shame. <laughs> um, well, I don't have a win. Someone else go. Oh, I, need to think. I have I have one. It's called Peas and Cheese. <laughs> I found it terrible. on Instagram. It's not as bad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it sounds awful. No, it's actually so good. I made it four times <laughs> in the last week. Wait, what? it's a it's an actual recipe. I thought it was going to be a like recipe. a cute blog or something. No, it's a real recipe. Um, I found it on the Instagram account Mo Good Food. Um, it's a pasta like a pasta sauce. So. Um, basically, like, you blanch peas and spinach and, like, you add Parmesan cheese and lemon and, like, all this good stuff and you blend it up into a sauce and it kind of looks like a pesto. Hmm. And it's so good because, like, peas and lemon go so good together. I added some basil so it kind of tasted pesto-y. You don't taste the spinach. But there's a lot of spinach in there, so you're eating, you know, a lot of spinach. And it's just really good. Wow. I'm going to need to look up this exact one because I'm, I'm Googling it and I'm finding all kinds of things that look not good. It's not yeah, I Googled to what it you're too. describing. But please send me the recipe because that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds good. I would totally well, try that. just look it up on Like you I just don't have told us. <gasps> you got rid of it completely? What? Well, I mean, I have an account, but like I – Deleted the app like six months ago. Oh, okay. Mm. Grace, I guess l- I could re-download it. But- we look at your Instagram from time to time because Ella keeps hoping you'll post something. Oh, <gasps> that's really <laughs> sweet. New on there. <laughs> I should start posting private things that just mm-hmm. she can see. Because you know, it's not like we couldn't see you in real life. But she's always like, "Can we <laughs> look at Grace's Instagram?" And I'm like, "There's Aww. not going to be anything new, honey." 
That's tragic. So tragic. Okay, I thought of a win. Um, it's not a win, it's a retraction. Oh, wow. So, last week, in the episode that was released last week, I said that I wash, if a dish, if like a cutting board or something was used for chicken, I wash it by hand, and then I put like bleach spray on it, and then I put it in the dishwasher. That is not true. I was thinking about it, and that's... That's my process. If I, if I didn't have, when I didn't have a dishwasher, I wash it by hand and then I spray disinfectant and then I wash it by hand a second time. Okay. My actual process now with the dishwasher is just wash by hand and then put it in the dishwasher. There's no okay. bleach spray. I love that your weekly win was a retraction on <laughs> <Yeah>. your cutting <laughs> board washing. Yeah. It's okay. You can well, just say I, just I don't have a win. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to clear up. I had lied and I wanted to mm-hmm. unlie. I honor that. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'm sad because I, I feel like I had a better one, but I have a a weekly win that will change your <laughs> sandwich game. Oh, cool. It's <laughs> that did not sound <laughs> it didn't sound genuine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I love sandwiches. <laughs> it was genuine. Grace, you should be especially excited because it involves your chopper bowl. Um <sighs> I have a chop, you know, the salad chopper bowl. I think I've discussed it um, here before. But this is a chopped Italian sandwich. Mm, um, I've seen this. Yeah, people people have been posting them. And someone, she like posted a picture of everything that she puts in it. So she puts like jalapenos, pickled red onions. uh, She puts turkey, salami, pepperoni, lettuce and then she does like italian dressing a little bit of dijon mustard and mayo that sounds good everything that goes oh and some pepper jack cheese and then like i just toss everything that's not already chopped because i use like shredded lettuce everything else goes in my chopper bowl chop 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 and then i toss it with the dressings and the shredded lettuce and it's so I serve it on hoagie rolls. Ooh, that sounds and so good. I've also taken to buying the boxes of little chip bags, so we get our little chips and we get our hoagie. <laughs> Whoa, rolls. it's like you're at a sandwich it's shop. Like, Great. It's like a Jimmy John's. I know it's it's amazing. That it's sounds so, so good. Wow. And now I want to try like different chopped sandwiches. Other than that, yeah. Oh. Try some like different that sounds, that sounds amazing. I love really the good. addition can... of the little bag of chips, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to feel like your sandwich is complete. A sandwich mm-hmm. really isn't complete without a little bag of chips. I agree. Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow hopculturepod for more fun. See you next week. Bye.